And I'm Kelsey, and you are watching, watching, <laughs> listening to <laughs> Hobbits at Heart. <laughs> and you're watching Disney Channel. <laughs> I like that. That's, yep. Yeah. Draw your little Mickey Mouse anyway. Yeah. With my wand. <laughs> oh, well, this week, uh, welcome back, everybody, to Hobbits at Heart. Lindsay and I are back with our Two Towers guest, it, uh, Mike. Welcome back, Mike. Hey, thanks for having me yet again. Yeah, you're welcome. I think, I don't know why I just named you our Two Towers guest, but that's your name now, so. That's what oh, you are. Yeah. I will take it. <laughs> How's everyone doing today? Okay, I've actually had a really good day. Um, it was really productive. It was really sunny today. Um, so yeah, it was nice. I did yoga. I did a lot of cleaning. Oh, I went for nice. a walk. It was lovely. I'm so happy for you, Ince. Thank you. A lovely day off. I um, had an eventful afternoon <laughs> today because I went on my walk and uh I got chased and bit by a dog today <gasps> you got bit <laughs> yes oh my gosh Kelsey are you okay yes I'm sorry I should have led with that I'm okay <laughs> good yes she has her leg I, I can confirm she still has her leg yeah okay, well, good I'm not going to go into all the details because the listeners are here to hear about Lord of the Rings and not about me getting bit by a tiny fluffy white dog oh of course it was oh of course it was (laughs) but it started it got off its leash it ran after me so of course I ran away from it but I don't know if that's what you're supposed to do in my brain I was thinking like are we supposed to run away from dogs no that's bears no don't run from bears (laughs) not process so anyway I got bit I walked back home and um, Mike was in the front yard, and I was like, "Mike, I just got bit by a dog." <laughs> I, yeah, no, like it's something definitely looked like it had gone down. I knew right of way. I just did, you, did not know that it was a dog. Yeah. Did you bleed? Like, was yeah, it a? Oh, I did. Wow. Yeah. If people really want to see, we can post a picture of my prickly <laughs> legs with blood on the side of it. It's not in you know that bad, but yeah, this little dog sank its teeth into my leg, and wow. I was very startled. That's like my worst fear as a kid. And so I definitely had a little uh, <laughs> little cry. And then, uh, it, it got better. It was okay. So, But I just like didn't know what to do. Like medically, legally, what are you supposed to do when you get bit by a dog? I have no idea. I've never been bit by a dog before. <laughs> so at least it wasn't a stray. Like I knew it. Like the lady asked me like, are you okay? And I was like, I think so. Your dog is not a stray. So like I should be fine, right? <laughs> I don't know. So listeners write in, what should Kelsey do yeah, to this, so, uh, yeah. to this uh, dog and their owner? Of course, by the time we air this, this will have been several weeks. <laughs> Maybe I'll now, be dead. So hopefully <laughs> she still has her leg by then. No. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, I just I... think it's like so many of us know what to do in other situations, but we don't know what to do when we get bit by a dog. Well, mm-hmm. Kelsey, I hope your leg is okay. And uh, <laughs> yes, you. please keep me posted at the very least. I will. I will. Um, also, this so, scarf is kind of a mistake. <laughs> it's too warm. Oh, no. Yeah, Mike is uh, wearing his Ravenclaw shirt, shirt and yeah. his scarf right now. He's repping his house. We're all repping different fandoms, actually, today. Lindsay, mm-hmm. you've got Star Wars on. 
Yes, I do. And Jesse's I have got shirt. the bachelor. <laughs> the bachelor. <laughs> I love trash TV. Um, okay. So that we left off right. with Frodo, Sam, and Faramir. Uh, we had the flashback to uh, Boromir, and we oh, got to right. see him and all of his captainly glory. Um, and we were kind of disappointed in how in Faramir's treatment of Gollum. Uh, and that is pretty much where we left off. I believe what comes up next is Aragorn reappears. So at Helm's uh, Deep. Yeah. Yes. So here's the thing. I do have a note about this. Oh, let's hear it. Aragorn is back. He gets to Helm's Deep and we finally get to see Gimli and Legolas. Like we get to feel for them, you know, because they show them kind of being reunited. However, they show more of Eowyn still. They show her all sad. And I wrote, boo-hoo, poor Eowyn. <laughs> it's sad because of the necklace, right? Because she sees Legolas give the um, Arwen's necklace back to Aragorn. Right. And it's like, just be happy that he's alive in this moment. This could have been a totally different moment where she greets him and is happy that he's alive. But instead, she's like, he's alive, but um, he's got <laughs> necklace. Like, girl, just be happy he's living, okay? <laughs> he's still not single. He might as well be dead. <laughs> Yes. Uh, she's still dead to him <laughs> but, but i will say i will say watching the scene I, you know we you, you say we don't get spend a ton of time with gimli but i do i've always kind of loved that moment where gimli's like I'm, I'm gonna kill him i'm gonna kill him and then as soon as he sees him he's like you are the, the what the most reckless and luckiest man i've ever met mm-hmm. but i also like looking at gimli in this scene and like more than any other scene that we've seen i feel like watching this the other day like i just really appreciate how natural Gimli looks as a dwarf. Yeah, he's got a stylized look because he's a dwarf and he's got a different character. He's got a different character look than a human. But like compare how he looks in this movie, and especially in this scene to how all of the dwarves look in The Hobbit, where there's kind of like they run the gamut between just just outrageous looks on like the the bomber end and then completely human when you get to the to the Keeley because he's the attractive love interest. Oh, yeah. Spoilers. Because, because he's Ross Poldark. <laughs> Oh my god, what? don't even get me started. Goldark <gasps> yep. yep. is in The Hobbit? Yep. Yes. Okay, enough spoilers for one evening. He's so much better in Poldark, though. I mean, like, I didn't even care for him as Keely or Feely or whoever he is, but when I... Well, okay, this is a tangent, but when I saw him in Poldark, I was like, who is this man? And then, and then I looked him up. And did you realize that he was, he was Keely in Lord of the Rings? Yeah, once I looked him up, I was like, oh, what? So now I'm excited to watch The Hobbit again so I can just pay attention to him the whole time. You suddenly had a better opinion of The Hobbit movies. Yes. I also thought better of The Hobbit movies because Poldark is in them. So uh, shameless plug for Poldark if you love British drama as it's on Amazon Prime as well. It is good. I've only seen a few episodes with Mike and with my mom, but uh, it's pretty good. Yep, definitely recommend. Um, So right after this scene is... Lindsay, it's your turn. It is. I have the answers for you. We all love those wonderful, hilarious memes about where was Gondor when the Westfold <laughs> fell. <laughs> you know, Aiden. Where was where was Gondor when the Westfold fell? <laughs> I did Google it. I had to Google it. I didn't know this off the top of my head. Um, but yeah, Theoden is starting to be um kind of annoying. He's like you know, yeah. not willing to ask for Gondor's help, even though basically everyone's probably going to die in this battle. And he's like, where was Gondor when the Westfold fell? So anyways, I have the answer. According to the Google, 
Gondor was defending the passes of Anduin the Great at Caer Andros and Osgiliath and was in no position to offer military aid to the west of Rohan. And I will say they do, now that you say that, they definitely mention that in the scenes at Henneth Anduin when, uh, when Faramir is talking with his, with his, his people mm-hmm. and they're talking about the map. Good point. Good point. Way yeah. go Google. Oh. So sorry, Theoden, that you weren't able to take care of your people. Gondor <laughs> was just trying to keep. They were busy. The orcs at bay. Yeah, they were busy fighting their own battles. Now we I just know. love how like that <laughs> question. Like any line can be turned into a meme, and many lines have. But like that one in particular is so good. It's just so funny. And it's, it's kind of a so tongue good. twister. I, I don't know. I find it hard to say. <laughs> Where was Gondor when the Westfold fell? Westfold. I, also, so good. I also didn't know what the Westfold was until you said, Mike, I don't think we were recording at this point, but you said something about that's when all of the um, houses were getting burned mm-hmm. and the kids were running away on the horse, you yep. know. We, def- oh, we definitely see. Yeah, we definitely that's see the Westfold, the Westfold burning. Westfold? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm assuming it's just another, like what they call that part of their country is the Westfold. You know? I don't know why I'm laughing. That's so <laughs> funny to me. I like this whole time never thought about like, do I even know what the Westfold is and when <laughs> it fell? But we knew, we saw it fall. We straight up saw that. Yeah, I was always assuming it was just like another battle that happened that we don't like really a long know time ago. About. Yeah. <laughs> nope, they he just weren't like, there this time. Wait, so Thaden was like literally still under a spell by Grima and Saruman at this point. So, like, why is he bitter that Gondor? <laughs> It wasn't there. Oh, yeah. yeah but it, yeah, yeah. I mean, who's to right? say, who's to say, like, how much agency Theoden had when it came to, like, Grima was a, was a loyal, a loyal man of Rohan, as they say. You know, it's when he got, got in touch with Sauron, or not Sauron, Sauron, where mm-hmm. he starts kind of like planting that seed of poison in Theoden's ear and kind of weakening him and, and, and right. putting him under the spell of Sauron. But, like, my point is, Gondor wasn't there, but neither were you. So, like, exactly what I, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Magic. Head bob and weep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Ow. So, yeah, don't hurt yourself. <laughs> so, we see Mary and Pippin again. I wrote, finally, because I just missed them in this <laughs> movie. So, the Entmoot is the gathering of the other Ents, which I didn't really get at first, but I got my question answered like I usually do. Um, and this is where they decide if the Ents, or we think they're going to decide if the Ents are going to go to war and help them. But really, they just take all day deciding if Merry and Pippin are actually orcs or not. <laughs> yes. Oh, I wrote a note about that. <laughs> I think it's pretty funny. What? I was like, the Ents are like Congress debating if they should give us a $600 stimulus <laughs> or not. Hey. Hey. Oh my gosh. <laughs> my question was if. If it takes so long to speak in Old Entish, why don't they just speak in English? Because obviously Treebeard speaks English or whatever you call their language that he's speaking. Why can't they all speak that way? I Googled that. And so far, the vibe seems to be because they can. Oh, fuck. Yeah, I it's, feel like it's probably like a tradition thing, right? Th- thinking of the old British and how they have all of their traditions that they have to follow or even going to Congress. You know, there's like a way you got to do it. So it's probably just always <laughs> done in old Entish. Yeah, they're very much they're even, very much it's like a race that does not like to do things quickly. They don't like to be hasty. Like as as Treebeard constantly says, don't be hasty, don't be hasty. Mm-hmm. Like they, there's a the youngest of 
or one of the younger ants, there's a younger ant named Quickbeam, and he's considered the hastiest. And I want to say that like he ended up doing something really, like in the span of a week, and they thought that was fast. So <laughs> they're definitely not a, a race of people that likes to move or do anything particularly quickly. And so I think, yeah, just having to speak another language that might be more expedient doesn't fit in with how they how they drive usually. I guess so. And I guess like Treebeard never saw it as an issue that they were taking a long time. Just Mary and Pippin did. So Yeah. And when you think about it, just really going, going deep here, you know, these trees live for a really, really long time. Like mm-hmm. they're hundreds and hundreds of years old. So to them, like taking a day to say good morning, <laughs> it's like not that big of a deal. <laughs> right. They're like, if we say it too quickly, we're going to have nothing else left to do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Sounds familiar. <laughs> so looking it up, apparently the reason why he is called Quickbeam is because he answered yes before an older ent had finished asking the question. And this showed his hasty temperature. Or temp- temperature. Wait, te- I love that. That's me. Race. I feel like if someone takes too long to, an- to ask a question and I already know what they're asking, I know like the proper etiquette is to wait and hear them <laughs> out. But I'm always like, I already know what I'm going to say. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, thanks for looking that up, Mike. Mm-hmm. Um, Lindsay, you had brought up the next scene kind of, it's like interwoven, which is where we see everyone getting ready for the battle at Helm's Deep. And this is where, uh, we talked about it earlier, but Eowyn basically tells Aragorn that she loves him, which is like mad respect there. You know, they're going into battle, so I'm not surprised. And then I wrote, they're going to let young boys fight, but not grown ass women. I know. Yeah. Well, it's you just... know, different time, different society, you know very traditional stuff like I that. I know it is, just like the old Entish, but I hate it. I'm now understanding the scene where Aragorn is talking to the kid and he says there's always hope and the kid is the son of Hama. You're talking to Halith, son of Hama, my, my yeah. lord? And then yeah. We, we learned who he was last episode. I don't know if yeah. we recorded that bit that we were talking about. I here. think that was while we were recording, yeah, because okay. Hama was killed in the battle, you know, the war battle, which I didn't realize. So yeah, now <laughs> when Aragorn's talking to him, it's so much like more sweet. <laughs> we knew his dad. Yeah, yeah, and it just takes it to that next level, you know. But I wrote, I just love Aragorn. He'd be such a good dad. <laughs> he really would be. A- He's Aragorn's... telling him what a good sword he has mm-hmm. and then he has to hold on to hope. <laughs> Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, Aragorn is just like, and I'm sure you guys talked about this before, but you know, he is just the picture of non-toxic masculinity. And mm-hmm. for that, we stand Aragorn. Yes. Oh, I mean, we've definitely talked about it, but I will take every opportunity to talk about it again, because that's a theme throughout the movie in general, but especially with Aragorn. Absolutely. That, ten- that, ten- that man is tender. <laughs> He's tender AF. <laughs> My dude is tender. <laughs> okay, so next we see that the elves are here to help. Right? Yes. We see them show up, and I always forget the guy's name. Hell <laughs> dear. Hell dear. Boy. I, in my yes, notes, I, I love him. In my notes, I refer to him as Lucius Malfoy because I feel like he looks like he could be part of the Malfoy family. Oh, he totally does. Yeah. I mean, I just put. In all caps, I love Haldir. Add him to the list of Lord of the Rings men. <laughs> <laughs> we'll definitely add him on. We should he, just make an ongoing list. He gets uh, served up because to justify the elves' presence here, unfortunately, because they weren't in the books. This, yeah, I did have. They a didn't note help about that. in the book. They were not. Mm-hmm. They were not in the scene of the books. I feel like I might have known this, but I don't know if it was talked about during an episode or not. But it's still like I don't think huh? so. Yeah, because. I think Peter Jackson added them in because he was saying 
it really wouldn't be very realistic for only what several hundred men to kill, like to defeat over 10,000 orcs. And of course we know that um, Gandalf and Aomir are going to come and save the day as well as Mm -hmm. some of the ends and the forest is going to devour a bunch of them at the end, but still he felt that the battle just wouldn't be very realistic without a little extra help. So, and I do like, like I visually, I like watching them all show up and it does help the storyline. So I'm not mad about it. Mm-hmm. Um, however, does this, I feel like I've asked so many questions about the damn trip to the undying lands, but it's <laughs> just, let that go. So, why are these, why are these elves go. not going to the undying lands? Maybe yeah. well, like, does this know. just postpone their trip or are they like, we're not going anymore. We're going <laughs> to fight instead. I'm going to say this postpones their trip a little bit. And and I, I'm pretty sure it's well, you know, it's well known now in the fandom that originally Arwen was supposed to be in this scene. And I think that was kind of what was supposed to be, was the driver and the main reason why the elves were there. And so, you know, when they eventually took Arwen out of these scenes, they had the, they had the elves there, but needed a reason for them to be there. And I think that's when they added, you know, Galadriel saying, hey, we need to help Helm's Deep. And that's why Haldir gets served up and poor Haldir had to die because, because Arwen wasn't going to be in this movie. So are people upset that Arwen is not in this scene? I don't think people are upset. I think there was actually more people upset when they found out she was going to be in the scene. Um, For whatever reason, the fan base got really upset when they heard about that. So I guess it's good she wasn't then. (laughs) That's why they took her out. Yeah. Oh, oh. They had all these elves and had nothing, had no way to justify them being there. So then, you know, Haldir and Galadriel and all that stuff. So, so like the fans found out she was going to be in the scene before the movie was released. Mm -hmm. And then they were like, no, no, no. So the movie makers like, Oh, well, yeah, take her out then. They even recorded, you know, they filmed uh, Liv Tyler, you know, doing some battle scenes and stuff like that. And oh, wow. I don't know how, like, you would think it wouldn't get leaked, like, you know, confidentiality, but somehow people found out and, like, on the fan pages, it blew up and they were really upset about it. And I mean, I guess someone good on them for like the listening. Yeah, they listened. So I guess that's good. Oh. Um, so next, after the elves show up, the um, the orcs show up. Mm. And I said it a million times. I'll say it again. Again, total Game of Thrones vibes. The orcs show up. It is like, uh-oh, battle time. We are here. There's no turning back now. Everyone put on your helmets and get a spear. Yeah. <laughs> and the part when the orcs start taunting them, you know, they start banging their spears on the ground and they start mm-hmm. yelling. That is one so terrifying uh-huh but two i love that they actually added that into the film because of something that the actors were doing back uh, not backstage but you know in between offset yeah <laughs> yeah um <laughs> i know <laughs> theater, <laughs> my theater stuff coming out there um but yeah it took them three no four months to film helm's deep three what? months of night shoots and <gasps> one month of day shoots Oh my gosh, really? Yes. And so these stunt actors were having to slip into these silicon costumes that were still wet from the night before because, you know, they had to turn on the rain. And they say, like all of the behind the scenes, they're all saying like Helm's Deep was hell. It was just hell to get through that. They even have I Survived Helm's Deep shirts. (laughs) Oh my gosh. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I can't wait to watch special features about this. 
So yeah, all of these stunt actors, a lot of them are Kiwis, so they do the haka. And so they were doing that to kind of taunt the Elvish uh, extras, just like for fun, you know, because what else mm-hmm. are you going to do night after night for three <laughs> months? And when they saw how intimidating it was for the actors to do that in their orc costumes, they were like, oh, we're going to add that into the movie. So that's that where you get so them taunting. cool. Mm-hmm. Thanks for that, Linz. You're welcome. Just another little tidbit that I love. I mean, it's just crazy how those, all those little details like really make a difference. You know, I wrote, this is such a tiny detail, but when the rain started, like when it first started to rain, you could hear the individual drops of water on the metal, like the, um, their armor, <laughs> their armor. Thank you, Mike. Um, you could hear on the metal right before the downpour started and it just sounded so cool. And uh, and it was, uh, it's funny watching or not fun watching the scene, but I, I found out apparently, so the dude, uh, early on in the scene, you'll see or very shortly before the battle begins, there's a, a dude with missing an eye and oh. it's a really quick shot where he just kind of says fire, turns his head and you, you can see that he's missing an eye. Apparently, uh, he was very self-conscious about the fact that he was missing an eye. And so when Peter Jackson, he came into audition or he came into uh, to the shoot, he had an eye patch on. And so Peter Jackson said, well, what's, what's underneath it? And he showed and had no eye. Uh, apparently Peter Jackson said, nope, you we need to do that without your eye patch. And apparently being in this movie and showing his, his eye missing was actually helped that guy kind of be more comfortable with the fact that he's missing an eye. I was like, that's, Aww. that's super cool. Look at these movies. That's so sweet. Just, just enriching laughs left and right. <laughs> I'm not tearing story. up. You're tearing up. <laughs> yeah. We're not emotional <laughs> at all. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Mike, that's a great story. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. yeah, I love that. Just feels feels like I said, these movies just enrich lives. Oh, they do <laughs> in so many different ways. In every single way. You know who doesn't enrich <laughs> lives? Say it. Who? Uh, <laughs> because yeah. he totally jinx it when he is like, Oh, this is it. This is all they got. And then there's like an explosion. Oh yeah. No, I, I know. And I have a note that says Thayden needs to shut the fuck up. Goddamn jinx. <laughs> yeah, it's true. But just before the shot, before that scene, I think we see uh, Gimli and Legolas are having a friendly competition about, mm-hmm. you know, who can kill more. And Gimli indicates that he's got two. And then Legolas is like, I'm on 17. How does Legolas blow a 17 to 2 lead to Gimli when he has a bow and Gimli does not? Oh, you mean later? Oh, because Gimli ends up winning, right? Gimli ends up winning. But how does he, like, that's. He's I mean, down. Maybe he needed to go points. whittle some more arrows or go find it. <laughs> <laughs> well, took maybe, a break. I feel like because yeah, that is a good yeah. That actually doesn't make any sense now that you say it because Legolas later on in the battle shoots a ladder down and like I mean, kills all of the guys on the ladder. That has to be at least like twenty or thirty. And the guys that, underneath uh, the ladder, you know, nope, yeah. He, he shot that ladder down and that got him, that netted him the, you know, what, uh, 30 something points or 20 to 25 other points. But I will say though, like, I think the reason he had such a lead was because Gimli couldn't really kill people until they were right in front of him because he had yeah. that. Yeah, so Legolas had more of the, yeah, you right. you know, he, he couldn't kill anyone once they were up close, but he has his daggers. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. But they, we don't see him the whole time. But you know, I, we, I played that level in the game. I could definitely <laughs> kill a lot of guys as Legolas. Yeah, you know what, deep. though? When the orc is running with the explos- explosives, I guess. And the running man with his torch? Yes. It's like the Olympics, really, is what it looks like. Yeah. Um, he's running, and Legolas is trying to, you know, disarm him or kill him. And he shoots him in, like, the shoulder. 
And then he does that again and shoots him in the other shoulder. And I just think Legolas's aim is good enough to have got him the first time. And I just find that kind of frustrating. Like, yeah, I, I definitely have yeah. a note that says Legolas not killing the running man is how he blew a 17 to 2 lead. <laughs> well, then you have your answer, Mike. There you go. <laughs> I, I just said, like I said, it's just, it it doesn't make sense. But yo. Right. Sorry, I was going to say, I did write down that Gimli is a savage because he full on jumps down this giant wall into this crowd of Urukai. Like, he's such a short dude. He's shorter than me. And he <laughs> jumps off this wall. Like, I was like, damn, Gimli. <laughs> He's a I good mean, fighter. We haven't we haven't given you an axe yet. So what I'm saying we should do is give you an axe. <laughs> have you jump into a crowd of Maori warriors and just go to town and just see what you can get oh up to. Oh god. I'm scared to jump down like one step. I don't think I can do <laughs> We should have I was gonna say another cool thing in the scene that I think is pretty epic is Legolas surfing down the stairs on like a piece of armor. Yes, I have an entire Sharon, our dear friend Sharon, wrote in and she wanted a full in-depth analysis on Legolas sliding down the stairs <laughs> on your shield. So I wrote something. Oh, please. And me. I would love to read it for you all. And then we can dissect. <laughs> okay. Okay. So Legolas grabs a shield. He runs. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> let me start over. <laughs> okay. Let me try doing this without laughing. <sighs> Legolas grabs a shield. He runs. And jumps, sliding beautifully down a staircase on his shield. His hair doesn't even blow in the wind because he is so perfect. It all stays perfectly in place. As he slides down in all of his beautiful elven glory, he shoots not one, not two, or three, or four, but five arrows, each of one of them hitting their mark. When he lands, he stabs a orc directly in the face, dealing a deadly blow. He is a killing machine. <laughs> Skateboarders around the world have Legolas to thank for their sport. Wow. <laughs> good job. Thank Insert you. applause here. Very good. Sharon, I hope I hope you like that. That was just for you. I think but, uh, I will say this is like the this is the 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 beginning of of Super Ninja Legolas because it only goes up from here in Return of the King. Oh, yeah. Yeah, which is why I think he could have killed the running man, but whatever. I actually have a question for you guys. Uh, So I'm curious what you guys think. Which Legolas trick is the coolest? And I listed some just to jog your memory. Okay, thank you. (laughs) Walking across the chain to kill the cave troll in the Mines of Moria. Flipping onto the horse in the battle with the wargs where Orlando broke his rib. Sliding down the staircase in the battle for Helm's Deep. Or... In Return of the King, when he scales the Oliphant and kills everyone on it in the battle for Pelennor Fields. Ooh. Horse thing. Getting horse on the thing? horse. The, really? Getting on the you horse think is that's still the dope. coolest one? I yeah. can't remember the first one. The chain in Mines of Moria? It's really minor. He, like, throws a chain around the cave troll's head, I think, and then he, like, runs across the chain, and then he, like, shoots oh. it in the head. I don't know. I think based off first impression of you just naming those off, I think I'm going to say the one in Return of the King with the Oliphant because it helps out so much and it gets so many people all at once. Oh, yeah. I agree. I think that one's pretty epic. I mean, but I the think way the most he stylish. It, what'd you say? Oh, the way he scales it? Yeah, the scales the Oliphant, yeah. climbs up the arrows already in its leg, like ugh, slides down the trunk. I can do a whole yeah. description for that when we get to it. <laughs> oh, I can't wait. <laughs> but I will say... Uh, his skateboard moment is pretty like stylish and cool. I think I think the word you're looking for is 
gnarly. Sick. Gnarly? No, I would say more like suave. No, no, it's it's gnarly. It's. I think that's that's like skateboarder lingo or something. Sounds like surfer. He, the way he's like shredding that's that shield surf. downstairs. That's surfing, yeah. Sick. Nah, bro. Nah, bro. I don't know. Nah, bro. <laughs> Oh my gosh, enough about (laughs) surfing. Let's get back to Lord of the Rings. Well, the next thing that happens is really sad because Lucius Malfoy dies. (laughs) I know, my love. His name Hal Haldir. Haldir, I will never remember that. Moment of silence for Haldir. That, that one guy on, so on Lindsay's screen. Yeah, I have him oh, as my background right now, just so you all know. On <laughs> I was watching a, I was watching a video about this scene. And they're like, you know, a mom, like, you know, for the casual audience, are like, is the casual audience really going to remember this guy that you see for like one scene in Fellowship? But I don't know, man. I'm I'm all about Haldir, and I, I'm I'm sad. I'm really sad well, every time I watch the scene comes around. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think it's a good little uh, like redemption arc too because the first time we see him, we're kind of like, do we like him? I don't know. He's not really on the same page as us, as us, quote unquote, you know, the fellowship. He's a little bit of a dick in the way that elves can be a little yeah, bit of a, a dick to people. Yeah, just yeah. a bit. But then him showing up is like, oh yeah, hell yeah, we like him now. So then to see him he die, gets a hug. Like, oh. Yeah, out of Aragorn. And you know that he and Aragorn are good friends because mm-hmm. Aragorn spent a lot of time in Lothlorien. That's actually where he met Arwen. Just a little side note. So <laughs> he and Haldir are probably really good friends. So that moment between them is just, it's like a nice, well, I mean, it's not nice, but it's just a pause and a sad moment in the midst of battle. Yeah, I will say- Aragorn being tender AF. Yes, again, another example. Um, I was going to say this scene, as like chaotic as it is, is like beautifully put together because you have these moments that are really hectic and like intense. And then you have moments like this that are, you know, a little more tender, as Mike would say. And then you have even some comedy like added in with um, Gimli and Legolas, especially in, I think right after this is where Gimli tells Aragorn that to toss him. And it's just like, it's still an intense moment, but it's a cute callback to fellowship where he says like, no one ever tosses a dwarf. Whatever. Yeah. And he says, don't tell the elf. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I just love how they like balanced this entire scene. Yeah. PJ uh, did a good job with that. And I'm going to say like Aragorn's got some like staggering upper body strength. If he can huck this dwarf <laughs> 12 feet. <laughs> across yeah. the chasm clean no i was gonna say he doesn't even like prep he just like grabs him and like throws <laughs> and just, tosses him. yeets that dwarf across yeah. the chasm <laughs> precisely that is what he does <laughs> gimli yeet <laughs> oh um, no i also feel like legolas is really impressive too when he full-on pulls aragorn and gimli up the wall on a rope and it's mm-hmm. just Legolas pulling them up. I'm like, damn, Legolas, like, <laughs> he's pretty buff too. Everyone, everyone in Lord of the Rings is just more trim than we give them credit for. They, they... I mean, yeah. maybe that's how Gimli caught up with him because Legolas was busy doing push-ups, getting ready <laughs> to pull them up the, maybe pull-ups actually. I don't know what, what muscles is You gotta use your, yeah, you gotta use your, uh, your lats. You gotta really yeah. pull. And your triceps and stuff. <laughs> No. Lindsay's like let's talk more about Legolas I know I'm like <laughs> now I'm envisioning Legolas just dropping down and doing push-ups okay so when you battle. do that well, on your screen though you're looking at what's his face behind you that was funny hell there yeah <laughs> dark and raw from Legend of the Seeker um That's so funny. but like so question are you're I, you guys are clearly Legolas fans you guys clearly you yeah. know 
are attracted to Legolas. Are you attracted to Orlando Bloom in any other movie that he's in? Yes, uh, I said the Caribbean yes. one. Okay, just checking. Just checking. In Carnival Row. Have you guys seen Carnival Row? Oh, also on Amazon Prime. It's a lovely fantasy little TV show if you want to, <laughs> you know. They have fae and fairies and it's lovely. Ooh. Oh my God. Um, Mike, to clarify a little, I was an Orlando Bloom fan hardcore when I was younger because of Pirates of the Caribbean. And then when I saw him in... Uh, not when I saw him in Lord of the Rings, but like, obviously I saw a picture of him as Legolas, um, like back in the day, I was like, what, why do people think he's cute? He's blonde in this. Like, this is so weird because I just thought he was so good looking in pirates. So yes, I am. <laughs> I agree. Play I think put, he looks better yes. as a brunette for sure. I agree in his natural state. And yeah. then yeah, get ready for how he looks in the Hobbit. He definitely looks like doesn't doesn't look quite the same as he does in Lord of the Rings. He's like how many years older? I know, right? Because <laughs> I think he was only like eighteen or nineteen or twenty. Or I don't oh, know. Yeah. He was pretty young when they mm-hmm. filmed Lord of the Rings. I think it was but his first big gig. They give him like intense, like really intense looking contacts that just kind of. Oh no. Yeah. You know, I will say I've always thought really great things about hair and makeup and special effects makeup and everything in these movies. Um, but there's one scene in Helm's Deep. I think it's in Helm's Deep when you can really tell that Legolas is wearing contacts. And it's like the only time that I'm like, ah, darn it. (laughs) But his wig is beyond me. It is so amazing that you cannot see his dark hair underneath that, the hairline of his wig. So kudos. Yeah. Props Props to props. Yep. Props to props. Um, I have one note about Theoden. (laughs) Okay. In this battle, because so if you guys remember, the the orcs are like trying to bash down the gate right mm-hmm. you know and theoden is like to his two guardsmen like come on we're gonna go down there and they go down there and then they finally bash through the gate and then theoden is literally down there for like 0.2 seconds and then i wrote <laughs> theoden's punk ass bitch gets hit within 0.2 seconds of going down to fight <laughs> And then he retreats. He's like, get out of here, retreat. And I'm like, dude, you did nothing. He's like, oh yeah, that's right. That's why I don't hang out down here. I know. He's like, this is down here sucks. Yeah, no, no, it's no wonder they had to retreat and like they weren't very successful because he is not a very good leader for this battle. Yeah. Mm -mm. Dang, shots fired. Yeah. I know. Well, we do give a good speech next one, next movie. That's true. He does give a good rousing speech, I will say. But we're not there yet. So now in this version of him. He's still sucky. This is this is true. Fair enough. But, Do better, no. Theoden. Do better. <laughs> we take a little break from Helm's Deep and go back to see Treebeard and um, Marion Pippin. And this is the last march of the Ents, I believe. Mm, yes. Mm-hmm. I put my boy Pippin with the good ideas, taking Treebeard to Isengard. Yeah. <laughs> taking Treebeard to Isengard. No. <laughs> taking, <laughs> taking, I don't even do that. <laughs> They're taken to Treebar to Isengard. To I-, I don't know. Thank you for amusing me with that. That was great. Gotcha. Um, so the trees are moving, and Entbeard says, Entbeard. Entbeard. <laughs> Leafy McBeard face. Oh my Be- beardy gosh. Leaf- beardy Leaferson. Uh oh. The dog bites go into my head, you guys. Oh no. <laughs> I'm just kidding. That's it's it. not funny. I'm fine. Um- <laughs> I don't know why. Everything is hilarious to me right now. <laughs> Me too. Um, okay, I apologize. So they, they're like, the trees are moving. What the heck? And Treebeard, I almost said it again. Treebeard is like, oh, they have business with the orcs. And at first I was like, 
what the heck does that mean? And then later I realized that the trees go and actually help at Helm's Deep after uh, mm-hmm. what's his face. And yet again, I make my point that if it weren't for Mary and Pippin, so much would have gone differently. Mm-hmm. Uh, Helm's Deep would have been lost. That battle would have been lost. Saruman would still be in so much power uh, because, you know, and again, my boy Pippin, our boy Pippin, we love him had this great idea to yeah. send Treebeard south so he could see all of the trees that were cut down by Saruman. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I just, I mean, I don't think they get enough credit for how much they helped <laughs> in I this agree. fight for Middle-earth. I agree. I mean, you kind of see it in the later movies, but not specifically referenced to this part of the movie, you know? Which which took us a fool now, Gandalf, huh? Ha, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I do have a question, and it might be kind of annoying but it's a question about the Ents and the scene. All so right. before Pippin is like, let's go south, are they still near all the other Ents? Because here's my question. Why um, do they show up so quickly? Why do they show up so quickly? Yeah, I've, I've always had that, that question myself. It's like they had this, they just had this Senate hearing. They've all decided we're not going to pass out these stimulus checks. But then <laughs> at the drop of a hat, they're all like, oh, hell yeah, all in on the stimulus all at once, yeah. let's do it. So, like, did they have a conversation that would have taken a whole nother day to have nope. this long conversation? Or were the Ents just following them? He just yelled. He just yelled, and that was enough. Well, Treebeard is, like, the leader of Fangorn Forest. In fact, he I think one of his names is Fangorn. Mm-hmm. So, oh, okay. you know, I think they're kind of, like, following his call. Like, he let out this, you know, heart-wrenching cry seeing mm-hmm. all of these trees that were destroyed. So they were like, all right. He called us, we'll come. All right. Okay, that's a good answer. Thank you. Mm -hmm. You're welcome. So then after this, I believe we go back to Helm's Deep Mm -hmm. and everyone is retreating back into the keep. And the orcs are flooding Helm's Deep and it's looking very dire. Um, Here's my thing. Theoden needs to get his shit together. Like I am not a fan. I don't know what they would have done without (laughs) Aragorn in like any of this because he makes him like really buckle down, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Theoden's giving up and Aragorn's like, what do we do now? We we must keep fighting, you know? I feel like he reminds me of the captain of Titanic in this. Yeah, I mean, we, he, he kind of I mean, looks like that guy, doesn't he? <laughs> nope, I mean, well, oh, no, a typecast then. Well, yeah, you know, so, typecast. So Theoden's talking all this good shit about, you know, we're going to have my men, my men make such an end to be worthy of remembrance. But then he's like, you know, uh, boo, boo, boo. What can men do against such reckless hate? Eh, he's not doing a, eh, he's eh, not a coward. It's just, you know, he's a downer. <laughs> like he was so, he was all talking all that good shit about, you know, like I said, going out with a bang and then eh, a little inconsistent Thayden. Yeah. Um, I agree. And then they ask like, oh, isn't there a back way we can like let the women and children escape? And they're like, oh, there's a back door or whatever. <laughs> okay. It's not a back door, but it's like a <laughs> into the caves. <laughs> Yeah. Into the caves. And here's my question. Why didn't they just put the women and children, send them into the caves two, three hours ago when they would have had enough time to get away? I just don't get it. Well, they were in the caves, but I don't think they were anticipating that they were going to have to run. Like, so, yeah, please? I know they should have already been on their way out. Um, but, yeah, I think they were hoping that the battle would go better, I guess. Yeah, and I, I mean, and, and maybe hopes. And maybe Thayden yeah. was, yeah, they were hoping, you know, Thayden <laughs> had this confidence in the wall. And he's like, nothing is, no one's ever breached the Deeping Wall or, you know, gotten into the Hornburg or something like that. Yeah. Sorry, totally. I, I can't stop laughing because I was just looking at Lindsay trying to not laugh. And that was so funny. I know. We had, like, a moment. You know when you have, just have a moment and you, like, make eye contact? We had a moment. Um, 
I will say this is again, I know Kelsey, I'm sorry. I'm giving you so many spoilers for the books, but okay, great. Gimli goes into the caves. I can't recall why. And he like falls in love with the caves in Helm's Deep because apparently they're some of the most beautiful caves that he's ever seen. And he like, <laughs> after the battle, he describes them to Legolas and he's like, you must come down to these caves. I've never seen such caves before. And I don't know. I think it's just so cute and sweet. He's little dwarvish heart so happy. Even in these dark moments, he's like, he's, you know, he's like, man, fucking nature, dude. It's awesome. <laughs> yeah. I, that's how I feel. You know, I relate to that. That's so cute. I know. Um, I do think it's funny, like when Theoden and Gimli and Aragorn are all talking and then they finally decide like, yeah, let's go kick some ass. And Gimli blows the horn, which I don't know why, because I don't know who he's like alerting. I think it's just kind of like, yeah, like a battle. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then they all hop on horses, which came out of nowhere. the caves i don't know they came out of nowhere i've always thought that too actually where the heck do these horses come from because aren't they in just like a random room and then all of a sudden they're riding around on horses (laughs) i'll give it the benefit of the doubt i guess that's the extra extended edition (laughs) oh my gosh now with 15 minutes more of getting the horses (laughs) um but But right after they ride out gandalf the white motherfucker yeah he's got and he's got am there mm-hmm and a lot They're of other people. <laughs> mm-hmm. That scene is so epic when they all go running down and then the, the light shines behind mm-hmm. Gandalf and you can see the fear in the Orkai's eyes. Mm-hmm. So Which, epic. I do have a note about this because you said like the light shines down. I know in the last episode or I don't know which episode about Two Towers, we were talking about like why the orcs couldn't be in sunlight. Um, remember when we were talking about that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we did. But we were like... They can, but they can't. But they I can. Don't know why. They can. They just don't like so, it. Yeah. So I was watching. <laughs> get ready, everyone. I'm officially a Lord of the Rings nerd. I was watching a YouTube video about Two Towers for fun. Ooh. <laughs> Never thought I'd say that sentence. Um, and the guy was describing that the orcs are just weakened in the sunlight. Yeah, they so just like, don't like it. Yeah. Well, it's not like they just don't like it. They, they like they don't walk it. Fight as hard. Yeah, they're de- they're demoralized <laughs> so they're by weakened. the light. Yeah mentally i guess and physically emotionally i don't know so when gandalf comes and he like shines the light and everything they now can't fight as well so they are weakened which is why they can now win no now why we can win although it, it is said that the urukai uh have the urukai specifically have no real problem with the light it's mostly like orcs and goblins who don't really like the light yeah. but in this instance gandalf's <laughs> glorious visage weakens them <laughs> God, you said visage, and that just triggered that <laughs> triggered warning. Terrifying video game. If yes. You... Side note: scary video game. It's called Visage. It will make you scream. Don't. I don't want to it. see you play that, Kelsey. I'm kind of sad <laughs> okay. that COVID exists and I couldn't be there. <laughs> I'm pretty reactive. I have a lot of fun reactions to things like that. So I don't know. We'll let the people decide. Do you want to see Kelsey play a scary ass video game? <laughs> oh, oh yeah. I would love let to play know. that with you. <laughs> Is it a two-person game? <laughs> oh no, it's a single-player game. But yeah, uh, no, that's, okay. that's the next. That's that's your next endeavor. Oh my god! You have a YouTube channel where you stream uh, video games. No, it turned into a two-person game because I closed my eyes and gave Mike the controller. That's what happened. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> random tangent. It's terrifying. But yeah, Gandalf is pretty epic in the scene, and it's just so oh, it's so beautiful, and his hair and his robe, and he's all white, and his shadow fax is there. And shadow fax, yes, Good. glorious. 
So then we turn to Isengard and we see that the Ents are totally taking it down. Yeah, they're taking over the tower. Um, I really only have <laughs> two notes for this section. One, I think there's this one Ent that like catches on fire. And when mm-hmm. they like break the dam and all the water rushes in, he like leans his head down and puts out the fire on his head. And you can actually hear the like sound effect (laughs) yeah love that moment it's so cute and i didn't notice it the first time i watched it but i did the later time so really cute moment there i like that moment because you see him catch on fire and you're like oh no he's on fire he's a tree and then then when he extinguishes it you're like ah relief (laughs) and they didn't have to do that like they could have let us like oh he probably is fine because water meets fire you know but it just was so cute i really loved it and peter jackson didn't have to go that hard but he did he did it for you well i i have a note about that actually from the behind the scenes so uh peter jackson basically just told the graphic designer guys like he he basically said have fun with it for the Ents attacking Isengard. So he just told them like, yeah, create a bunch of Ents taking down Isengard, do whatever you want. How do you think this battle would go? And so they just had fun with it. And that's what ended up in the movie. Wow. That's like, what's such creative Again, Peter freedom. Jackson. Yeah, exactly. He trusted his team. See, there we go. Weta Digital. They're real, the real OGs. They're, they're the ones that MVPs. Uh, do that for us. Love Weta. They knew what the Digital, people wanted to see. Um, also this note, I just thought was really funny when I was watching this, um, my roommate, Laura was standing there and she was saying how like Saruman is looking really scared. And so she was like, Saruman the yellow, probably cause he just peed himself. Hey. <laughs> and, then, and then someone else, I don't know, Mike, I don't know if it was you or Laura. Was and then, somebody, and I was probably Neil. He said, <laughs> said Saruman the brown. More like Saruman the brown. Yeah. I just thought it was really funny (laughs) and so stupid, but then it's funny because there's actually a brown rank of wizards, isn't there? Yep. Radagast the brown. There you go. Anyway, it was stupid humor, but I thought it was funny. I think some people will appreciate that. (laughs) Okay. So next we are at Osgiliath, right? And we see more of Sam and Frodo's story, which I feel like we haven't seen a, like a long scene from them in a while. So this is kind of exciting. Um, the Nazgul, is that how you say it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. He shows up and it's mm-hmm. scary because <laughs> he's on a dragon thing. Yeah, the fell beast. Yeah. Really scary. Rates I really only on have wings. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how many notes you guys have for this section, but. I don't have a ton of notes, but I do have a friend who was in this scene. <gasps> what? What? Yeah, one of our. Uh, this is going to throw it back to like old PhotoPass, so like, you know, 2007 era PhotoPass. But uh, we had a, a equipment specialist, Eb Nelson, who during the time these movies were filming was living in New Zealand. And so he was Stop an extra it. in two scenes <gasps> in this movie or in, <gasps> oh. in the Lord of the Rings series. He's in Osgiliath. He's one of the archers. Like there's a split second where he's like shooting an arrow in that scene as a, as a, <laughs> as a war soldier of Gondor. Actually, he's also another soldier of Gondor in, uh, in Return of the King. He's, oh behind, my gosh. he's behind Ian McKellen. <gasps> in, in Return of the King. I'm so jealous. Yep. Wait, yep. you waited until now to tell both of this? This <laughs> Genuine reaction. Live reaction. Yes, I'm just surprised that-, that while watching it, you were in like, hey, that's my friend. or hey, my friend uh, I was looking for him, but I could never find him in the, like, it's definitely like oh, a, wait. a blink and you miss it sort of thing. We saw his name in the credits, right? No. Oh, that must that's have been a different, different movie. a different friend, and I think she's in the fan club. Oh. Shouts yes, out to Sigurd Ratty. Right. 
Lord of the Rings fan club. Is... She's definitely in the credits. Wow, this is really cool. That is so right? cool. I am so jealous. I've said so many times that I would have loved to just be in New Zealand and just be an extra unlike any possible scene i don't even care if i made it on camera like i just would want to be there but like what if you were Ugh. a hobbit oh my goodness oh my, oh my god i know <laughs> Lindsay, <laughs> take it we are officially like three degrees away from ian uh mckellen oh you have three degrees of separation yes yeah because yes. you, you know me you know you know me who knows eb who McKellen. stood right behind him Perfect. exactly so we were practically there yes <laughs> <laughs> Yes, that's exactly how that works. Oh my goodness. Oh my gosh, wow, what so a great cool. fact. Thanks, Mike. That was really good. You're really given the really good stuff today. Yeah. <laughs> um, so in this scene, it's uh really scary. And like Frodo almost puts the ring back on and it gets really intense. And then Frodo legit like almost murders Sam. I know. Like really almost murders him with his sword and again sam proves why he's literally the best friend in the world like he doesn't even hate him for it (laughs) he just says don't you know you're sam (laughs) i know and then this goes into sam's monologue which uh we did have one of our friends Catherine, write in and ask us if is this the monologue she was talking about yeah Yeah. Lindsay. okay ask if is wow asked us if we also cry during sam's monologue and i mean I don't know, oh. want to speak for all of us, but I think the answer is yes. I mean, every time yeah. I at least get a little misty eyed, you yeah. know, sometimes I cry harder. It just depends on my mood. Um, but of course, I absolutely love this monologue. Like if I had to pick like top Lord of the Rings quote of all time, it would probably be this monologue. Oh, that there's some good in this world, Mr. Frodo, and it's worth fighting for. It's just so, it's just so, you can apply that to so many different situations. It's so universal. It's so great. Totally. I feel like I need to remember this, like when I'm getting really like pessimistic and depressed about the world. Literally this section that Sam says is so applicable to now. (laughs) Yeah. I think that applies to so much, especially seeing all of the, you know, racial injustice that has come to light in the past year and like Mm -hmm. so many things in politics and so many inequities. It's like, it's so easy, at least for me to get really bogged down and feel Mm -hmm. like, oh my gosh, there's so many horrible things going on. How can we ever make a change? You know, but I do love that quote is remembering there is good in this world. And not only is there good in this world, but it can actually be even so much better Mm -hmm. And it is worth fighting for. And so we should remember that. I really think we should remember that every day. Oh, thanks for that, Linz. You're welcome. I love her. This is why I love Sam. I know. It's really so good. And and this leads into Faramir. Like, Faramir sees this and then he he realizes, you know, that he realizes that Frodo is suffering under this thing. And he realizes, you know, at last we understand each other. So Mm. that's when we start getting good Faramir and we start liking Faramir again. Oh, yeah. Because whoever, who's with Faramir and he's like, if you do this, you're forfeiting your life. And he was like, Mm -hmm. well, fuck you. I'm going to forfeit my life then. Like, he deserves so much credit for doing that, literally for the good of the world. Yeah. It's like he finally had that light bulb moment because before he was just kind of doing what his father has told him. Again, daddy issues. Mm -hmm. But then he... (laughs) you know, in a way, I don't want to say it's a little bit better than Boromir because he realizes, no, this is bigger than me. This is bigger than my father. Yeah. And we need the good of all people in this world. So I'm going to let these I think, go. Yeah. And I think just to give Boromir some, like the benefit of the doubt, I think maybe Faramir saw 
like right in front of him, more of the effects of the ring because mm-hmm. the Nazgul was there. Like maybe he witnessed what happened between Frodo and Sam. So seeing that he was like, oh, I really got to do something to help them out. Whereas Boromir was more just affected by the ring itself. Yeah, def- yeah, that's that's true. The next thing that I have, after we have this whole epic montage, of course, mm-hmm. you know, while Sam is giving this beautiful speech, we're seeing cuts of, you know, the Ents taking over Isengard. They're flooding Isengard. We see Gandalf, Legolas, Gimli, Aragorn fighting the Urukai at ba- the Battle of Helm's Deep. Mm-hmm. And it's just beautiful course it brings a tear to our eyes always the next thing that i have is a little comedic relief after all of that heaviness uh-huh. accounting between legolas and gimli which is what mike was referring to <laughs> when gimli wins mm-hmm. somehow <laughs> yeah, gimli ends up with a count of what 43 and then uh, legolas has a uh, account of 42 in the books apparently it's 42 for gimli 41 for legolas but uh, there's always been some some uh, some grumbling in the fandom about like how does Legolas or how does Gimli know what the nervous system, nervous system is? is? And I think we've said this before, and I think I said this on the other po- on the other episode. But yeah, we know about the we know about menus for the same reason that Gimli knows about the central nervous system. They just they just know this is <laughs> just know. I disagree. I don't know. I think that we the orcs know about menus because menus probably exist at restaurants, and the nervous like- system exists as well. Do they have doctor's offices? Case closed. Schools where you learn about the nervous system? I don't think so. (laughs) Well, whatever. I'm a fan that asked that question literally in my notes. How does Gimli know what the nervous system is? (laughs) LOL. For the same reason that Urukai know about menus. I I mean, I'm assuming that there are like some base level doctors. uh, Yeah. So maybe they are advanced enough to at least know that much. But not advanced enough to know that Athalas will basically cure everything. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's because that's a secret of the kings. Mm, yes. I don't get that reference. It's in the books. Ugh, it's in Return of the King. Ruining things we'll get what, there. What Athalas? They talk about it. They talk about that in the in Fellowship. Uh, oh, that's true. Uh, that's right. Aragorn is, I tell Sam to go pick him up. Pick him some Athalas. Oh, you're right. King's okay. Oil. King's My oil. bad. Mm-hmm. My bad, everybody. There you go. I'm getting a little hungry, so I'm getting a little feisty. I do. Um, <laughs> also, and I, I think, um, so we, uh, very shortly after this, we see. Wait, wait, I have one more thing to say about this. Okay, this go. is really important to me. Okay. I just want you all to know that Lotharial, Lindsay's fictional elven character. <laughs> got 44 kills. Always beat Legolas and Gimli in the count. Oh, of course she did. <laughs> oh my gosh. I want to see that movie. She always won. Of course she did. Wow. Why would she not? So uh, the extended edition re-adds a scene where the Urukai are, are are driven from Helm's Deep and they retreat into the mysteriously the this the mysterious force that just happens to show up at the foot of Helm's Deep. That's um, where the trees went. Yep. And they go into the and they they go into the the for they go into Fangorn Forest and are destroyed by the trees and i remember every time i watch the scene i am I, I i go back to high school because i remember back in high school we had to do uh silent sustained reading but we had to read for 20 minutes a day and you had to read x number of books a year and take a quiz at the end of each book and it was something you had to kind of do on your own i remember having to do silent sustained reading in geometry class like it was really yeah, i'm sorry like, i'm getting like triggered right now i did not I realize i still remembered that um, Honestly, I was homeschooled. I have no idea what this is, but that sounds like a dream to me. Yeah, like, I just get to read. Yeah, That's they basically awesome. made us. They made us read. So at the end of every self-sustained reading uh, uh, book that you choose, 
and you had to choose a book off a list. And so obviously I chose the Lord of the Rings because, hey, I've seen those movies. But at the end of every book, you had to answer, you had to, you had to take a quiz. So if you've ever read the Lord of the Rings books, they're, they, especially at that age, they're kind of tough. I, being impatient and not wanting to actually read, just said, you know what? I'll read Lord of the Rings and I'll take the quizzes based on what I know of the movies. And this is before I think the extended edition of this movie had come out because they asked this question on, they asked this question specifically that I remembered, like how, what happens to the orcs after Helm's Deep or what, how do they meet their end? And one of the answers was that they are killed by the forest. And because I had not seen this scene and did not read the book, I did not know that. So every time I watch the scene, I'm I am brought back to high school and think about sound sustained reading. That's so funny. I love that story. <laughs> yeah. Sound sustained You're reading. really just coming in with the great stories today, Mike. I'm really <laughs> I'm loving this. The old guy with a lot of old guy stories. <laughs> um now next I have some notes about Saruman and the Ents back at the tower. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm just finding things to like pick a bone with, but it's kind of fun. So here we go. I don't really believe Saruman's reaction. Like, it's just not extreme enough for me. Like, he's just kind of looking like, oh, what do I do? And he's like not doing anything the whole time. Like, the fight's already over. Mary and Pippin are going to the storeroom. It takes so long for Grima to just like come out. And Saruman doesn't even try to use his powers to defend the tower. He doesn't try to eliminate Marion Pippin. Like, I just don't believe it. That's how it happens in the books. Like, he literally just goes back into the tower and locks himself away. He's like a, just a little, again, he's a little bitch. But <laughs> I like, don't know. I have no we, answer. <laughs> we see in Fellowship that he's not a little bitch because he, like, really tortures Gandalf. Yeah. You know, so true. even after the fight, he can clearly see, like, Marion Pippin. Like, I just don't understand... I know they wanted to surprise him by coming from the south or whatever, but like I don't understand why he didn't fight back. I, I just don't think he. I don't think he was ready for an entire forest to fight him. Yeah, maybe he's everyone, just everyone's so got a plan. Yeah, exactly. It's like everyone, everyone's got a plan until a forest shows up outside your house, and then you got to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when that happens, then I guess. <laughs> everything goes out the window. <laughs> I don't know. I just. I wonder what Christopher Lee would say because Christopher Lee was such a huge Lord of the Rings fan. Mm-hmm. Um. I bet he would have a wonderful answer. I just yeah. want to know it. Yeah, apparently, <laughs> like, yeah, uh, can you write into us, please? I'm kidding. Yeah, please. <laughs> Rest in peace. Oh, did he die? <laughs> shouts out! Shouts out to Christopher Lee. Oh yes, no, he is. He's he's been he's been gone. <laughs> I'm like laughing because I'm, I'm so sorry. Christopher I'm Lee died in 2015. Oh, I had no idea. I must have. I probably knew that, and I just forgot. Lindsay lives in a world where Christopher Lee is still alive. <laughs> well, I will say I watched a video of Ian, Sir Ian McKellen recently because they're trying to raise funds to purchase J.R.R. Tolkien's home in England and turn it into a Lord of the Rings fan piece. Oh my um, gosh, that's so cool. I donated to. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> Sir Ian McKellen is in the video and I was like, he is getting really old and I think I will cry when he dies. Oh yeah. He did get his vaccine. I did see that on his Instagram. I know. So awesome. Good job. Um, now I did want to say something about when Mary and Pippin find the storeroom. I just think it's so funny. Like, <laughs> I don't know why when I see all of that food in there, like I picture Saruman, like cooking, <laughs> 
<laughs> because I feel like there's no one else there to like cook for him. It's just like him and Grima. So I'm, I just picture him in like his little apron and maybe like a chef's hat. Cause he doesn't want to get his robes dirty. And I just think like, what would he make? What does it look like when Saruman is cooking? So I want to see <laughs> Saruman's cooking show on the food network. <laughs> so right in, right into, uh, Yes, if Saruman had his own cooking show, what would it be called and what would be his signature dish based off the items you see in the storeroom? I love including it. Including us yeah. on Instagram. A, a, wet, a wet turkey with long bottom leaf sprinkled <laughs> on top of it. Okay, Mike, you have some I answers really. about this long bottom leaf. So every time I've watched the scene since I've been an adult, it's been like, you know, is, is pipe weed like, like weed weed or like tobacco? <laughs> And yeah, because remember, they, they find these huge barrels of long bottom leaf that comes from the Shire that the uh-huh. hobbits love to smoke in their pipes. In case yes, and, they, and, they, and there's, a, there's a line in Fellowship where, where Sauron tells Gandalf, you know, the love of the halfling's leaf has clearly clouded your mind or slowed your mind. According to Google, which apparently it's in the appendices straight up, just says it is tobacco. So now we know it's tobacco. Not as fun. Not as <laughs> Not. fun, but apparently, but apparently it's some good tobacco. Apparently it'll slow your mind. And they're not going to sh- be too hasty and share it with tree bird. There tree you go. beard. Goes great with a wet turkey. <laughs> oh, that turkey was like ready to eat though. I like, know. But- Saruman had just finished cooking. That's why <laughs> he wasn't like, ready. <laughs> he had to take his apron off. <laughs> he was running around the balcony. He's like, what do I do? My turkey's in the oven. <laughs> oh no, not during dinner. I wasn't ready for this. Oh no. After this scene, we go back to Faramir trying to help Sam and Gollum and uh, Frodo escape Osgiliath safely. And my note is just like, finally, someone who (laughs) hates Gollum, Faramir. I just, I don't mean that in a like, let's get everyone to hate Gollum, but like he really tries to knock some sense into him and sees the clear picture from the outside of the situation. Yeah, Yeah. he knows where... Gollum's taking them and Mm -hmm. he knows that it's bad news bears yeah because I feel like usually when we're seeing Gollum with Frodo and Sam no one is really in the clear mind like it's really hard to validate like everything that they're saying so for Faramir to say what he says is like I like it Mm -hmm. um it's it's funny because he mentions Kiddeth Ungol which is where actually this book ends in in the book it ends where after you know, uh, Frodo and Sam go to Kiddith Ungle, they get past Minas Morgul, and they see Shelob. So another huge deviation <sighs> for the book, but yeah. Mm-hmm. That was I... such a cliffhanger in the <laughs> book. <laughs> right? <laughs> you said that. That was such a cliffhanger. I was going to say, I do love how Sam tries to help Gollum feel better. Like when they're going into the pathway, if only that could have continued a little bit, because after this, we really only see Sam and Gollum, like just with complete hatred for each other. Yeah, I feel like Sam can see that Gollum is like changed again and upset at Frodo. Mm -hmm. And so he's trying to like smooth things over. Yeah. Hey, don't hate us. A for effort. Yeah. But I love that whole scene between Frodo and Sam when, you know, Frodo, they're talking about if they'll ever be written down in books and have tales told about them. And Frodo tells Sam that Frodo wouldn't have gotten anywhere without Sam. And Sam's like, I wasn't joking. And Frodo was like, neither am I. It's so true. It's really so good. I wrote the same thing. Frodo wouldn't have gone far without Sam. BRB while I go ball my eyes out. (laughs) So like, again, it's just so wholesome. And it just makes me tear up because they're just so emotional about it. Mm-hmm. 
so sweet. And then right after that, there's another great Smeagol monologue. Yeah, Just where me. we see his plans mm-hmm. beginning. I guess to it's take a shape. Gollum monologue then. Mm-hmm. And then that's the end of the movie. Woo! And <laughs> we hear the lovely, beautiful uh, Gollum song by Emiliana Torini, written by Fran Walsh, one of the writers of Lord of the Rings. And I just love that song. So haunting. So good. Mm -hmm. I didn't know all those facts about it, though. That's cool. Yeah. I I didn't realize. I I guess I must have learned this. I must have looked it up. But Fran Walsh, who was one of the writers, who's also Peter Jackson's wife, uh, wrote that song. Fun facts. Okay, everyone. We put out a poll on our Hobbits at Heart podcast Instagram to ask for more questions that any of you have about Two Towers or about anything Lord of the Rings related. And I'm happy to announce that we have a few questions from our listeners. So um, we always love love reading these questions, by the way. Yeah, it's so much fun. So one of our questions um, is from our friend, Steve Pepper, who <laughs> we already talked about this at great length, but he says, can we please appreciate Legolas and the shield magnificence? Oh, yes. Much appreciation <laughs> for that moment. Yes. I just... How appreciate. <laughs> Much. I know if I was going to surf down some stairs on a shield, I would want to look that badass while doing it. Definitely. I don't think I would look as badass. I oh, would yeah, most likely not. fall. Um, yeah, they had like he had like harness like wires on him, and he was definitely being held up. So you know. Well, I want to know why did his hair not move at all? Because <laughs> uh, that's how magnificent he is. <laughs> but like, wouldn't a little bit of it be like, you know? You, that's the part of the battle you didn't see. Like, was his hair prep before? You know, <laughs> hairspray. He that's why his... he didn't kill he... so many people. <laughs> <laughs> he ran away. It was just. The hairspray. <laughs> He's got so many hair. bobby pins in there. You don't re- you don't realize. Oh my gosh! I thought okay. those braids stay in place. You know. <laughs> um. So we have another question from your lovely roommate Neil, and he was asking if you lived in Rohan, what would your horse's name be, and would they make haste like shadow halfbacks? Wow, words help me. What's the quote? <laughs> and would they know the meaning of haste? Would like they know the facts? meaning of haste? Yes. Oh gosh, I'm so bad at naming things. Can I kind of? This isn't really a Lord of the Rings esque name, though. That's okay. You could. Have, my they have their pony's name is Bill. <laughs> that's true. The very first horse I ever rode when I was a kid uh, in like Lake Tahoe, we went horseback riding, and her name was Cheyenne, and I always thought that was really pretty. Aww. That is a nice horse name. That's cute. The first thing that popped into my mind was horsey. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Or I would probably name him after some sort of like food. Like when I get a dog, I want to name him Potato. So just like not shocker. <laughs> I know, but I think Horsey. That's cute. Your Thanks. dog's okay. name. Your Simple. dog's name Potato. Your horse's name Spud. <laughs> no. Your cat's, cat's name Pomfrit. <laughs> oh, he's French. Yeah. What about like you, German. Mike? Oh God. Uh, uh, um, Hasty McHorserson. <laughs> But of course they would know the meaning of the word haste. It's their name. Obby. Horsey would not know the meaning of haste, I don't think. I think I, Horsey would be lazy and cute. Yes. A little chubby, perhaps. Yeah, like a little chubby little horsey. Oh, that's so cute. Yeah. Cheyenne would definitely know. Cheyenne's like pretty badass. <laughs> of course. Lothario's horse is going to be the coolest horse ever. So <laughs> she would I don't know. expect anything less, actually, Lindsay. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> 
I think Neil submitted a few questions, didn't he? He did. Okay. So the next question, and I guess, uh, Mike, maybe we'll put you on the hotspot to answer this. I don't really know, or we can debate, but who would make the better end Lindsay or Kelsey? Oh goodness. (laughs) Uh, We won't be. I don't know which of you, which of you likes to move the least or likes to hurry the least. (laughs) Here's the hardest thing. Lindsay and I are like the same person. Yeah. uh, except for I'm just a little taller than she is. So what you would what it, what you would be was like a like almost like a Siamese Siamese twin ent where you just kind of attached and moving very not yeah. being hasty together. Yeah, yeah. I think I would make pretty good ends. I think the only thing is I can talk pretty fast and a lot. So I think that's the only difference that I would the only outlying fact about me that yes. doesn't align with the ends. So you'd be- I do love to sleep. I think I would be. I don't know. Can I say me? <laughs> yeah. You have more plants than I do. There you go. I hey, love to sleep. That's Although your, your own personal Fangorn forest in your apartment. <laughs> mm-hmm. For the record, last night before going to bed, I did text Lindsay asking her about what kind of plant I should get next. So did you decide what you're going to get? Guess, no, I did a little Google research, but I haven't decided yet. For the listeners, I I do have a succulent that I've had for about six months now, and her name's Ruth after Ruth Bader Ginsburg. I'm really excited about that. Um, but I need to know what plant I should get next. I have a well-lit room, so give me some suggestions. So right into the podcast at hollywoodsandheart yeah. at yeah. uh, gmail.com. <laughs> we don't actually have that email. Don't <laughs> no, email us. That's not real. That's not real. <laughs> DM us on Instagram. Write Instagram a letter. Us. Send yeah. a letter to hobbits at heart at one, two, three, four, five. <laughs> oh um, podcast lane. Call us at five, five, five. No. <laughs> uh, I have one more question. And this okay. is a callback to a question from fellowship on a scale of one to 10. How much of a little bitch is Frodo? Now, <laughs> In fellowship, we said somewhere around a five or a six because we wanted to leave him room to grow. We knew we still had two more movies left and that Frodo goes through a lot in Two Towers and Return of the King. So what do you guys think in Two Towers on a scale of one to ten? How much of a little bitch is Frodo? I'm like going back through my notes like, oh, yeah, what Frodo scenes do we have in this movie? I mean, he almost gives the ring to the ring wraith and he almost kills Sam. <laughs> yeah, I, I think, think he's, he's working his way up on the little bitch scale. I put that he's like an eight. Damn. I feel like that's a little harsh. That's Is that a little too harsh. harsh? I mean <laughs> maybe a seven? You I mean like you use whatever number you want, Lindsay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I but, think an eight. Yeah, okay. I just think um I'm having a hard time recalling all of the scenes that he is in. So from my memory, I was gonna say more of a seven. What do you uh, think, I'm, Mike? I'm, I'm going to say giving trying to murder your friend uh, makes you a pretty big bitch. So we're going to go like a, a like an eight. I think an eight because it still All allows right. for it allows room to grow. You know, he could assuming be, he's going to get to ten. He could be. <laughs> I mean, that's a huge bitch. By <laughs> I, I mean, there is a moment. There's a moment in Return of the King where he definitely becomes a ten. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, Aww. I think you guys, we did it. We finished we it. two towers. It Yay. took us what four episodes, but we did it. Oh gosh, this just means Return of the King is going to take even longer. <laughs> I'm oh, so man. excited though. Now that we've gotten to the end of Two Towers, I can't wait to watch Return of the King and take me notes too. and watch the behind the scenes all over again. I'm <gasps> stoked. 
I am really excited. I know Lindsay and I have talked a little bit about what's to come on the podcast. So definitely we're going to continue with Return of the King, hopefully with special features. And I've decided that I'm going to start reading The Hobbit at some point and we're going to talk about it on the podcast. So stay tuned for all of that because it's all coming to you. And thank you again, Mike, for being our official Two Towers guest. It was so fun having you. (laughs) Thanks for having me. This is my fantastic first podcast experience. Yay! Couldn't think of a better a better two hobbits to go through this with. Oh, thanks, thanks Mike. Mike. Wait, Mike, <laughs> I have a quick question. What would you be? Would you be a hobbit, an elf, or a man, or an ent? I don't know. I like I like uh, chilling and eating and stuff like that. So I mean, it's 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 kind of a safe answer. But the hobbit's life for me, you know. Ah, uh, one of our own. <laughs> I'm the world's tallest Perfect. hobbit. Do they t- accept six foot three hobbits? <laughs> Sure. <laughs> I'm like Buddy the Elf. <laughs> Maybe oh we my adopted God. you. <laughs> I'll take it. Well, I guess we should just wrap it up here. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank you all so much for listening. Please continue to send in questions or comments, especially uh, as they relate to Return of the King or even the books, because we know that we're getting there soon. Uh, and thank you all so much for listening and for following along. This has just been such a fun adventure. and. Ah, I just love that we get to do this. I agree. I also want to um, thank everyone so far that has shown support by following our Instagram and just listening or texting us that they're listening. Everything helps. So thanks for listening to Hobbits at Heart. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye.